Thursday, we're going to meet. Help me out with this. Thursday, where is that paper? I'll just get the paper and read it off of there. Thursday, the 20th, at 7 o'clock at night, we're going to be at the Greenbrier High School campus praying. Forgot you. you know what? It's sad to say that it takes a coronavirus for us to get out to the schools and begin to pray. It really is. And I know every Sunday, this next Sunday, we'll be praying for our students and our teachers right here in the sanctuary. But it's a shame that we don't go to these campuses more often. We need to be infiltrating these campuses for Jesus but uh, on Thursday, the 20th, we're going to be out at the Greenbrier High School praying at 7 o'clock. And then Friday at 10 a.m., which is the 21st, we're going to meet in the parking lot. Uh, they want us to meet at the parking lot of the high school. But what they're wanting to do is split our churches up and go to different places and pray. We're going to meet over here at the junior high and uh, be praying over that campus there in the middle school all together right there. If you can all make it. Make it. I'm going to try to twist the arms of our prayer team that sometime this week, Monday or Tuesday, that we can make a trip up to Clinton and pray over that campus and going on up to Shirley and praying up for that campus. You say, Brother Drew, why are, we, why are we praying for these different campuses? We have teachers in our congregation, in our church family that teach at these different schools. And we want to pray for God's anointing. I got the opportunity, I think I told you a little bit last week, I got the opportunity to go down to Conway and pray in the high school. Uh, it's just awesome to walk into a public facility because they asked you to come in and pray and be able to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you, the Spirit of God came down while I was in that school. I began to speak and tell you, I thought, oh, this is not the time of the place. And then I got to thinking, this is the time and the place for this right here. God's anointing was all over that place, and it was such an awesome presence of God there, and I was so thankful to have that opportunity, and then I realized, wow, we need to be doing this at all these campuses, and so we're going to be doing that this week. Again, Sunday, we'll be praying for all the teachers and students. Did you know what? And I prayed, and we need to continue this prayer. It's for the teachers, Christian teachers that have the impact that they need to have on these students. There's so many students. We've seen this in youth work all the time. There's so many students that doesn't have that stability at home. I know we're worried about the physical, you know, making sure they're fed and, and warm and all them, and then we're all good things. But there's spiritual needs in these kids' lives that they're not going to get unless they see a light. We need to be that light. The teachers need to be that light. And I know there, there's sometimes their hands feel like they're handcuffed and they can't say the things they need to say. Guess what? Jesus can open them doors where you can say what you need to say. And so we're going to pray for them teachers. They'll be able to witness. Christian students will be able to witness. And you know what? I'm just praying that everyone will just see the love of God coming out of every Christian there. And then they can go to them and, and just see a revival on these campuses. Amen. Amen. Well... How many is happy in the Lord tonight? Happy to, happy to be here. You could have been anywhere tonight, but you're here. I'm so thankful for that. And guess what? I want to keep talking about promises. Is that all right? I'm going to read from Joshua again. It's our same text. And uh, you don't have to stand. I know you're wore out. You're tired. Joshua 13, verse number 1, says, Now Joshua was old, advanced in years. Or the King James Version says, stricken. And you're, sometimes I feel stricken when I wake up in the mornings stricken in years and the Lord said to him you're old and advanced in years and there remains very much land to be possessed 
I want to elaborate on the same subject we talked about today, enemies between the promise and the possession. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask you, Lord, to anoint my lips that I'll speak what you'd have me to say tonight, anoint our ears and our eyes to see and to hear what you would have to say to us. Hide me behind the shadow of the cross. Father, it's not a habitual prayer. God, it's a prayer from my heart. You've got to hide me. You've got to help me. You've got to show me. I ask you, Lord, to touch me tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I don't want you to think because of 32 years of marriage, I'm sad tonight and crying. I've been crying, I don't know, for the last couple of days, I just, <laughs> I've just been crying, just praying, praising. My spirit's been grieved. I'm so excited about today and ready to preach what God had given to me. After church, all I can do is cry again. And I'm thinking to myself, God, this is an exciting sermon. I shouldn't be crying like this. I mean, knows God does what he wants with you. I'm going to try to get through this. Give me a timeout right here. I need windshield washers and wipers. One of the things we didn't get to today, and I just felt strong and we need to go back to it. I don't think I mentioned that when we're fighting the enemies between our promise and our possessions, and, and, and I do, I want to go a bit back even more right here. Just because you have a promise, I didn't want to leave it this way today, and I told Shelly this driving down the road. That doesn't mean you, you're, you're not a Christian, you're not a believer, if you haven't obtained the promises of God. All right? I want to be clear on that. I want you to know that there's promises God gives to us, and we're on our way. We're on a journey. We're on a faith walk with God trying to achieve these, trying to not achieve, trying to obtain these promises. But there's an enemy in the way from us possessing these promises. Is everybody tracking with me? You understand where? Okay. Sometimes you walk away from the pulpit, and you're like, God, did they get what I was saying today? You do. I got preachers in the house tonight. You do. You walk around like kicking yourself. I mean, I couldn't hardly walk out of here. I stumbling over myself, kicking myself. Did I tell them right? But what I've, I didn't mention today, and I wanted to say this. We need to realize that we're sons and daughters of God. Realizing we're sons and daughters of God. We're not a slave to sin anymore. There's a difference between a son and a slave. Amen. And so I want us to, to be clear that I want you to remember what I said this morning. Everything that we need has been provided for through the sacrificial offering of Jesus Christ on the cross at Calvary. And this is critical for us to understand. We have to understand that. As sons and daughters, we have an inheritance. God has given us a inheritance. He's promised us an inheritance. Sons inherit. Slaves try to earn it. Come on, somebody say Amen. A son or a daughter has every right to enter the father's presence and ask for the fulfillment of a promise. A slave doesn't have that. A slave has no rights of his own. How many know that you were once a slave? 
when we're not living for God, we're a slave to the sin. We're a slave to the flesh. And I want us all to get that and, and to understand that tonight. If you haven't asked God into your heart and believed on Jesus Christ, you may think you're free. I can do whatever I want. I can go wherever I want. I can say whatever I want. I'm, I'm going to live for me. I'm going to live for Drew right now. I don't have to live for God. You're in bondage. You're a slave. You're a slave to your flesh. You're a slave to... And you know what? And the devil's real good about just stroking your ego and saying, no, this is what you want to do. This is exactly what you... Adam, this is exactly what you want to do. And just pat you on the back. You think, you know, I'm making my own decision. I'm, I'm my own man. I do what I want to do. The devil's over there laughing at you. Can I just say that? You punch your neighbor and say, the devil's laughing at you when you think that way. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. If you're a Christian, you're no longer a slave to sin. No longer a slave to sin. Well, I'm going to say that again. I think I have Christians in the room. If you're a Christian, you're no longer a slave to sin. Amen. If you've been born again, you're no longer a slave to sin, but a son or a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. 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 We grasp that little, that little nugget right there. What kind of life of faith would we walk in? Why is this so important to this subject? Because somehow we've been duped into believing that if we work hard enough, or maybe uh, we pray hard enough, we study hard enough, perform good enough, witness good enough, and often enough, maybe fast, do the Daniel fast a little longer. Maybe if we come to church more faithful, then somehow, somehow have enough brownie points with God to possess the promises that he's given us. Can I say, no, 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 I have it in here three times, no, 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 that, it's kind of like a baby, you tell the baby, no, 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 that's, that's, that's not how it works. You do not possess the promises by obeying rules and regulations. How many know I'm not talking about live however you want? We're following after Jesus and how he wants us to live. We possess promises by realizing there's an enemy that we have to conquer, there's an enemy that we have to conquer, patiently acknowledging that the promises already belong to us. They belong to you. There may be an enemy in your way, but they belong to you. If that's my kid on the other side of the fence, and there's an enemy, I'm going after him. Brother Scotty, I'm going to knock that fence down. I'm going to tear that enemy up, get into my son. It's a promise, and they already belong to us. Entering into the promises, it, it requires us to reject the fear. Got real quiet. We have to reject the fear. Fear of the unknown. If I follow after God, what's going to happen? If I give what God tells me to give, can I pay my bills? If, if I live the way God wants me, I, I have to stop drinking. I, I have to do this. I have to do that. We start thinking all the rules. Guess what? When you fall in love with Jesus, when you fall in love with Jesus, you won't want to do the things that displease Jesus. When I fell in love with Jesus, I didn't... Or, when I fell in love with Shelly, I'm going to go back. She's not my Jesus. I'll just let you know. When I fell in love with Shelly, I didn't go back to the other girls that I dated before. I didn't keep looking for other girls. She said, I better not get myself in trouble. We're fearful of the unknown. Here's something we're fearful of, of letting go. Of letting go and letting God have control. We're so used to driving this bus. We now just sit back there, God. I got you on this one. I know exactly what I need to do. I need. I know where we're going. 
fear of submitting our lives to God. We possess promises by faith. How many has ever heard of faith in the church? Faith, faith, faith. We possess promises by walking as sons and daughters, not slaves. We walk in that faith, that promise we know that's going to come true. We, we receive the promises by entering into the promises and possess them by rejecting fear. Listen at this. It's Numbers 13.1. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I referred to this just a little bit today. Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. I think it's very important for us to notice verse 1 and 2. All right, because God told Moses that he's going to give the sons of Israel the land of Canaan. Did you, did you see that in, in verse 2? That's what he's telling me. He said, I'm going to get it. It's their father. So these are the sons. I'm going to give you this land. So the spies went out and scouted the land and came back to report to Moses and Israel. The rest of the Israelites. And I'm going to read from Numbers 13. I'm going to skip down to verse 27. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. They was bringing back fruits. They brought back the fruit. They're telling them all about this is truly, this is exactly what God said it was. Exactly what God said. And then you notice the next word, Numbers 13 and 28. Nevertheless, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Is that how you pronounce that, Bible scholars? Anak. A-N-A-K, Anak. Verse 29 says, the Amalekites dwell there. In the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the uh, Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted, quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. We need some Caleb's in the church. We need Caleb's to rise up out of our spirit and start claiming the promises that God's promises as individuals. Not only as a church, but as individuals. God raised up some Caleb's amongst us. Verse 31 says, but the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able. We're not able. We're not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. Of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we we gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. They're talking about the giants here. There we saw the giants. The next verse, verse 33. There we saw the giants. It wasn't the New York giants. It was giants. Some big old boys. The descendants of Anak. Uh, came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight and so we were in their sight I've heard this preached before people say it all the time no one told them to say these things in this in this verse right here they perceived themselves as grasshoppers they called themselves grasshoppers the giants didn't call them grasshoppers they called themselves grasshoppers uh, we can't do it we're too small we're too inadequate. You know, we, we, we can't do that. We're too inadequate. We can't, uh, you know, I don't have the Bible training to be pastor. I don't have the, uh, the years of experience to pastor. I don't have. We've all been there. 
We've all been there. We're who God says we are. Not who we think we are, not who we say we are. And the enemy didn't even say that about them. The fruit was brought back. It was big fruit. It was good fruit. But you got to beware of the word nevertheless. Nevertheless. Because when you say nevertheless, it can instill fear in your life. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's my promise. That's what God wants me to obtain. But you know, this enemy, nevertheless, there's an enemy between my promise and my possession. Can I tell you this? Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid to obtain what God has already given you. He's already given us these promises. And don't fear the giants. Don't fear the giants. I love the response of Caleb in verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able, well able to overcome him. He knew there was an enemy between the promised land and the possession, but he also knew that if God promised it to them, that God would help them to defeat the enemy and obtain the promise. Hallelujah. If God give you something, rest assured he's going to take you through that enemy. He's going to move you right on through. We know the rest of the story. They didn't believe him. They decided to wait for 40 years. They didn't possess what God promised to them because of the refusal to enter, because they were scared of the giants. Yeah, the fruit's there. Yeah, it's the milk and honey's flowing. But you know what? I'm scared. They were afraid. I'm not getting too high. In my, I've been afraid to do stuff. God tell me to do that. I've told this story over and over and over. God told me to go pray for a girl one night, and I was sitting up here playing bass guitar. I was like, God, I don't, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to put myself out front. I don't want people to see me like that. And he kept telling me to do it. Go pray for her. Go pray for her. Sitting right over here by uh, Adam and, and uh, where Adam and Robin's at. And, of course, I told the God, I said, well, God, if this is really you speaking to me, have Parker look at me. And if he looks at me, then I'll know it's you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, come on. Do we really trust and believe God? We're, we're so, I'm just being transparent tonight. And sure enough, Parker looked right up at me. And I was like, okay, God, that's not obedience. I'll just let you know right there. That's not obedience. That's not obedience. The end of that story, I went over and prayed for the girl. She, she got a blessing simply because I finally did what God told me to do. I'm glad I didn't wait 40 years. Amen. Amen. Listen to this, Numbers 14, 24 says, But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. We had to have a different spirit. We had to have a different spirit that's not a spirit of fear. He didn't give us that. We all know that. So we had to have that different spirit. So we're not afraid to claim and, and, and to get our, the promises that God's give us. Don't let those who bring you a bad report place fear in your heart. There's constantly bad reports. I take my car to the shop and the first thing is that, well, you need to do this, this, this. It's a bad report. It's like, no, it doesn't need a transmission. No, it doesn't need tires. No, it doesn't. Don't let fear be placed in your heart by a bad, bad report. The promises are ours. We just have to go after them. We just have to go get them. We just have to fight the enemy and get to them. We have to possess what God has already given to us. How do we possess the promises of God? I mentioned it a minute ago, by faith. 
Believe in God without seeing it. Believe in God for the things in the unseen. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Things that we're hoping for, something that we're believing for, a promise that we're believing for. The evidence of things not seen. But I have faith God is going to carry me through. Even, even when I don't see him working, I said it a minute ago, my faith rises up and says, he's still working. Hallelujah. Yes, I see the enemy, but my faith says we can take them, Moses. We can possess the land. Look at this fruit. Look at the, the milk and honey. It's all there. We can take them. We need a different spirit. We need a Caleb spirit. God liked the faith of Caleb and Joshua and thought, and through their faith, God promised them that they would possess the promised land. I'm so thankful for that. The land with milk and honey, flowing with milk and honey. As a matter of fact, if you look at Numbers 14, 36 through 37, God caused the plague to fall on all the men who came back with a bad report. That ought to teach you something. Don't be talking negative. Don't be talking negative. I'm going to pray that plague on you. You're going to talk negative. No, I'm not. God may do something to you, though. If you just read Hebrews 11, you'll see that possessing promises happen when we walk in faith. Now, don't let a negative report about your health drag you down. Isaiah 53 and 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. King James says we were healed. It's already done. Psalms 103 and 1, a psalm of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all the benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? Hallelujah. I wish my mom and dad was here that today. Renew your youth as the eagles. I pray that prayer over this church all the time. Father, anyone of age, and I consider myself a man of age now, 53 years old, God, renew our health. Renew our strength, Father. Renew us, Jesus, to our youth. And I've got that mentally. I'm kind of immature, but you don't know what I'm talking about. We need that healing touch on our bodies. Don't let a negative report about your finances discourage you. You know Why? Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Don't let depression, your marriage, or relationship drag you down. Proverbs said, He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Isaiah 9 and 6 says, For unto you a child is born. That's Jesus. Unto you a son is given. That's Jesus. And the government will be upon his shoulders. That's Jesus. And his name will be called Wonderful. That's Jesus. Counselor. That's Jesus. Mighty God. That's Jesus. Everlasting Father. That's Jesus. Prince of Peace. That's my Jesus. He is all these things. He, will, he, he has all these things. You're in depression. You have problems with relationship. It doesn't matter what it is. Finances. Uh, the physical part. The spiritual part. The emotional part. Jesus is your answer. Hallelujah. 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 
I said it this morning, I'll say it again. I need Jesus to be my Savior. I need Jesus to be my healer. I need Jesus to be my provider. I need Jesus to touch my mind and my emotions. But I still need Jesus to go to Walmart. I need Jesus to drive to Conway. I need Jesus to talk to my boys. I need Jesus to go to my job. I need Jesus to go to the gas station. I need Jesus every time I step out of the door and walk out of my house and get in the car. I need Jesus. When I need grace, when I need mercy, when I need love, when I need compassion, I need Jesus. When I need to defeat the enemy because he's between my promise and the possession, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I'm done. Can I ask, what has God promised you? God's promised me some things in my life I still haven't seen happen. But Brother Scotty, I believe it 100% with all my heart. I'm going to see it. This wasn't a thought of my own. It's something God placed in me. And it's going to come to fruition. I may have to fight the enemy, but I have the promise. So I know there's going to be an enemy. I'm going to possess it. Hallelujah. What do you have to conquer before you can possess the promise God has for you? What are the things in your life you had to conquer? Can I say rise up in faith? Church, rise up in faith. Child of God, you're not a slave anymore. Rise up in faith. We have to be strong. We have to be courageous. When Joshua took the mantle of Moses, God told him something that all of us need to hang our hat on. Joshua 1 and 9 says, Have I not commanded you? God's asking the question. Have I not already told you? Have I not already told you this? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you everywhere you go. Hallelujah. That means when we're going from the promise to the possession, in the middle there, the enemy's there, he's with me wherever I go. He's going to be my, he's going to be my fortress, my strong tower, my rock. He's going to enable me to fight the battle. He's going to go before me. And so it ain't really me fighting it. It's the Jesus in me. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? I'm going to ask you to find you a place to pray. God knew Joshua would face things that Joshua had never faced before. So he prayed, or so he prepared him. I hear it, I hear it in these verses. Jesus is saying, trust me. Trust me. It's a walk of faith. Trust me. Go after your promises. Defeat the enemy between the promise and the possession. Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the promises you've given us. God, I thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my heart and my life. God, I, pr I praise you and I thank you for what you're doing in TFT.